Welcome to the Quality Meet Scotland podcast. Industry updates and best practice to promote, support, develop and protect the Scottish red meat sector. Hello and thank you very much for choosing to listen to this. I'm Mark Stephen. As I've said before, I'm not a farmer. I'm a broadcaster and broadcasting is a communications industry. I enjoy words. One of my favourite words is actually shambles. If something is a shambles, you know what that means, but you may not know the origin of the word. In the days before clinically clean slaughterhouses, there was an area of the market where beasts were killed and butchered, and this was known as the shambles. It was literally a bloody shambles. Butchery, after all, is one of the oldest professions in the world, but it still offers real career opportunities for young people today. Sonia Riviero is Human Resources Manager for ABP UK Food Group. Sonia, can you just tell me a bit about yourself? What does your job entail? I deal with managing the 300 or so people on site here and um, everything that entails from bringing them in, interviewing, induction, any problems they have throughout their employment. Just if, <laughs> There's a wide criteria on the role, um, but basically, and then obviously we've got 65 vacancies at the moment, so that's one of the as we're about to talk about the recruitment in the industry and the challenges that has, which is a big part of the role. I didn't know you had 65 vacancies. That's going to take me aback, but we will come back to that. Gordon King is Executive Manager of Scottish Craft Butchers, which owns Craft Skills Scotland, which is essentially their training arm. Gordon, same to you. Tell me a wee bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm a butcher to trade. I've uh, worked in a shop for 23 years. I uh, moved on to Craft Skills Scotland and became a training assessor and verifier. And then ultimately became executive manager of Scottish Craft Coaches itself on the retirement of my predecessor. So I had a bit of, a bit of experience in the meat industry and especially on the training side, going out and actually working with candidates on their modern apprenticeships at the coalface, shall we say. I found that very rewarding and it's good to see now that these young people who I dealt with up to 18 years ago are now in management positions that are you know, owners of their own businesses and doing really well. That's always really good job satisfaction. Yeah, no, that must be excellent. Sonia, let me take you back to those 65 vacancies. Is, is this one of those areas where post-Brexit we've suddenly found ourselves with a massive labour shortage? It's a mixture of things. Yes, Brexit would play a part of that. Also, people leaving, recent factors such as the cost of living, increase in fuel prices. People, We do have people that travel from all over different parts of Scotland to come and work here. So obviously, if they can find a job near their home, then that's that plays a part. Part of those 65 vacancies would also, we are actually recruiting from abroad and we put the vacancies in to recruit with the potential loss that we may have. So it's forecasting, basically. And what are the vacancies for? Give me an idea of the range of skills you're actually looking for. About 30 butchers, 10 people to in the abattoir, and then the rest would lie. There's a few engineers and then packers. So a lot, more than half is for skilled workers. Gordon, can you, you tell me about the Butchery Careers Project? Presumably it is aiming to, to upskill people to fill that type of vacancy. The Butchery Careers Project was essentially to identify the industry to potential candidates who want to become butchers or work within the meat industry itself. There's an image problem possibly there that, that people don't really consider it in the same way that they might look at becoming a chef as a more attractive option. It's got a more star-studied attachment to it. But equally, as you said earlier on, 
butchery in its basic format is one of the oldest skills in the world. And there's nothing wrong with having that skill because it's now, it's, it's developed so much more, especially in the processing sector, where there's a lot of technical part to it now because there's so much involved with dealing with people like Food Standards Scotland to expect so many checks to be made and the process going through. So it's, it's still an attractive proposition, but the, the project is really to highlight the industry to people and give them as much information, testimonials from people working within the industry to let them know this is what you can expect should you choose this as a career path. So from your perspective, what range of positions are available within processing? Within pro, just as Sonia said, it tends to be uh, people butchery with knife skills that they need. Uh, that's the number one packing as well as, as the, the engineering side. Equally, you know, there's people who go into that and then they move they move between, some people even go on to become meat hygiene inspectors within that as well, but that, that's one for Food Standards Scotland to answer. And, and what training is available from Skills Scotland? We deliver the modern apprenticeship framework, um, and meat and poultry skills is the title. We do SCQF level five and level six. We have an uptake. We have over 300 uh, apprentices on our books at the moment. That did go up sharply this time last year when there was an employer incentive grant available. The uptake on that was was phenomenal. There's people have come into it, I have to say, possibly more in the retail side and the processing side. But the skills that are and the the availability to, to learn the skills is still there across the board. It's, it's a fantastic industry to work in. Sonia, how long have you been working with ABP Food Group? This year it'll be 13 years. 13 years. And in that time, have the skills that are required changed in any way? They, no. I mean, a, a, butcher's a, a butcher's a butcher. We're looking for people with knife skills. But as Gordon said, obviously we do bring in apprentices as well. And we do work with craft skills and put them through an apprenticeship. This year we've currently got about half a dozen people that are due to complete their apprenticeship which is great and hopefully we'd like to replace those people and bring in another another half dozen if not more I think last year we started off with about 12 people so there is that side of recruitment as well in terms of bringing young people in that do want to look at butchery as a career but it takes a lot of work to to feed that message to young people about what a butcher is and how we can attract them into that business. How do you go about doing that, Gordon? Because, I mean, are you getting into schools? Are you having the conversations there? Yeah, we work with other stakeholder uh, bodies such as the Food and Drink Federation, uh, Scotland Food and Drink. Uh, we regularly, every year, get asked to take part in schools' awareness events. So we would go into school during Scottish Apprenticeship Week uh, and let people understand, young people understand what the industry is about. Equally with the Food and Drink Federation, there's an annual one where we go in. It's more to do with a burger, you know, school's burger project. So they make a burger and they get to play with, um, you know, the, the meat involved and the textures and the flavours and the seasonings that they can use to create their own burger. It's done as a burger competition, that one. So these are all very interesting and you get people, young people, will genuinely say, all right, I'm quite interested in this. Can you tell me more? So we have information we can give out. We equally on the the butchery, www.butcherycareers.co.uk website, people will advertise vacancies on there. 
and people go up, can go on and get the link to go and make the application. So we point them in that direction, say, look, that's where if you're looking for a, a, a position within your area, an apprenticeship in particular, you can find the information you need there. Do you find any resistance in schools? I was talking to somebody quite recently from University of Aberdeen uh, who's involved in new product development on this podcast series, and, and we were discussing plant-based meat substitutes. You know, an awful lot of young people seem to have, you know, be willing to wave this flag. Everybody will make their own choices about what they eat, and that's up to them. All we can do is give them an informed choice. Equally, that's the same with becoming a butcher. You give them an informed choice about what, what's expected in the role. We, we can't dictate to people what they should and shouldn't be eating. That Everybody has their own choice to make and what they should eat. But you, you are correct. You know, you will always come up against some people who say, no, that's not for me. Um, I choose not to eat that particular product. So we say, well, all we can do is give you the information, give you an informed choice to make. I wasn't so much suggesting for a moment that you would try and say, no, you should be eating meat. But what I'm, what I'm suggesting is it might make your life a wee bit more difficult if you're trying to recruit. I think, I think if people want to come and come into the meat industry to work there, they're, they're generally going to be a, a pro-meat person anyway. That makes sense. And, and Sonia, just about every other area of life is, is undergoing a process of digitization or, or mechanization. This butchery seems to be unusual in that, you know, you seem to be hanging on to the human skilled element. Yeah, this is true. And I don't, as far as I'm aware, I don't see that changing. It is something that that will remain the same, you know, the traditional working with your hands and a knife. We've certainly not had discussions about mechanising, especially the butchery part of it. We have perhaps in the other areas of the factory, like packing and mechanising that, but actually cut, cutting the cutting the meat and boning the meat is not something that I could see changing myself. Whether that's a good thing, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know either, but I mean, Gordon, is this happening, you know, the mechanisation of the process anywhere in the world? Is anybody trying to develop it? Not that I know of it. There's probably more pushback against anything that's mechanically recovered meat. That certainly was a, a few years ago. There was a, a backlash against that sort of thing. I don't think there's anything to replace the, an individual's own knowledge and skill when you're dealing with food, which is important to people that they get it in as high quality and safe manner as possible. And at this moment in time, the best people to make that and make that happen is, is human beings who are who are skilled and knowledgeable in their in their own art. Why did you get into it? <laughs> uh, I, I was in a retail situation, a local butcher shop. I was 14 years old. I went to help my mum one day to get the shopping walked into the butcher shop and the owner said to my mother, is this your lad? Um, he's a fine lad. He's looking for a Saturday job. And my mother said he will take it. And that's how I came into the industry. And just, just as a, a, an extension of that, in the retail side of the industry, I know we're talking about processing, but the retail side of the industry, that's still a big recruitment drive is having a Saturday after school person, young person who tends to, once they're in, they tend to stay and they want to do an apprenticeship. Now, I appreciate that the processing sector can't do that, but it just shows there is one, one side of the industry. There's still a traditional pathway towards the industry there. And, okay, you, you start on a Saturday job at 14. At what stage did you suddenly think, you know what, I'm good at this? I think it was guided by my employer at the time. He, he basically said to me when I got to 16 and I was looking to leave school, 
he said, would you be interested in an apprenticeship because we think you would be a really good asset to our business? That's an employer who makes the, an individual and a young person feel wanted. And that is a big part of the industry as well. It's a big part of the butchery project as well, is making young people feel that they are wanted by the industry and there is an option here for them. Sonia, coming back to your 65 vacancies, how confident, how nervous potentially are you about actually filling those vacancies? We are in a fortunate position where obviously we are quite a large company. We're not just in Perth, we're all over the UK, Ireland, Europe. Um, and we are doing a lot of work in terms of recruiting from abroad. Again, with the Brexit side of thing closing up, we've had to look outside of Europe. And we are in a fortunate position where we are recruiting from other countries and we do have people coming through. Um, so in terms of the butchery side of it, I'm quite confident. Um, that we will get the people. Um, it just it's a gradual process. And you were saying, Gordon, that you know you're now seeing people 18 years later either in management positions or running their own businesses. Is is there a, a clear you know if I go into education or if I go into oil and gas something like that? There tends to be a very clear sort of career progression. You know, almost like a ladder. Does that exist within butchery? Again, you're splitting between the processing side and the retail. The retail side, for example, an apprentice butcher in one shop who has got a, an exceptional talent and aptitude towards the fact that they could run their own shop. The aspiration there is to own their own shop one day, and, and that happens. That I'm seeing a lot of that. But within the processing sector, there's still a ladder that can be climbed. They can, you know, they can come in on work on the line as they talk about doing the actual knife skills, but the, the supervisory roles, there's more technical roles within the processing sector that they can look to become, such as a meat hygiene inspector. That We've seen a lot of that happening with uh, apprentices that they move on to that aspect, which is more the food safety side of things. So there is still a ladder and there's a progression. It just depends on the individual's own aspirations. And if people are interested in a career in this area, where would they get the information from? Certainly go to the, the Butchery Careers uh, website or they can contact Craft Skills Scotland and we have information that we can put out uh, to anyone who's interested. We, we regularly get people sending their CVs into us here and say, I'm looking for an apprenticeship and we send that out to potential employers in the, in, in the area that they're in. And the people that are coming forward into these apprenticeships and things like that, you know, does it tend to be male dominated? Are you getting female candidates coming forward? It does still tend to be male, predominantly males that come forward, but there is a, a bigger volume of females now interested in the in the industry, and they are really coming in with a positive attitude, um, changing the dynamic in terms of their, their trailblazing a bit because they have. The, the ambition and passion to become really good at their job. The the most recent uh, training awards that we had, the, the SCQF Level 6, which is the higher level, as a young girl up in our growth who won that. Equally, we as a training provider have just taken on two new training assessors and both are females who did their apprenticeships with us in the past. So they've done the, the, the SCQF Level 5 and the SCQF Level 6 and they've now gone on to become join us as training assessors and going on to develop and, and deliver the apprenticeships to the, the younger generation going forward. How is that reflected, Sonia, within your own workplace? In terms of female, uh, male, female, it is still male-dominated. I think looking at the figures, we're probably about 15 to 20% female. It is predominantly male-orientated. We do promote for females to come and work for us. Again, it would be 
great for us to get more into the industry, but still seems to be something that's um, not attractive to come into the industry. Any idea though that might be? It's not glamorous. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it depends what you're looking for in a career, if you like. And I do find when I speak to young people that it's, again, it's not something that they've considered as a career. And we do have some people that have come into the business, some of them being female, that have never worked in a meat factory before. And it's been surprisingly, it's worked out well, you know, so it can work. Yeah, I mean, I still think that it is a fantastic industry. I still look at, even for myself from where I started, I, I still believe I'm on a most wonderful journey within the meat industry. It's not ever done me any harm. Um, it's, it's done a lot of positive things for me. And I would hope that, you know, as a training assessor particularly, I mean, I must be into the hundreds of apprentices I've worked with over the years. And, um, you know, job satisfaction for me has always been seeing that individual receive their certificate because you can never wipe the smile off their face. When they get that, it's, you know, we put it, the certificate in a frame mm -hmm. and we'll take a picture and we'll put it on social media. And then they, they'll, some cases they'll get thousands of likes from their friends for doing it. And you cannot wipe the smile off their face when, they, when that happens. So, yeah, there's a lot of job satisfaction in this industry. Sonia Riviera and Gordon King, thank you both very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. I hope listening to this you found this useful. It may be that it inspires either you or, or somebody else in your family to, to actually make further inquiry, and I hope you do. Uh, next week is the last in this current QMS podcast series, and we're going to be looking at the opportunities, we've kind of touched on this slightly already today, that exist within retail butchery. Until then, I'm Mark Stephen. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Quality Meat Scotland podcast. For news and to listen back to previous episodes of the podcast, visit qmscotland.co.uk. For Scotch beef, Scotch lamb and specially selected pork recipe videos and inspiration, visit www.scotchkitchen.com or follow Scotch Kitchen on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.